Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We're living in strange times. We're living in a time when there are competing groups, factions within the country, competing to see who matters. Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. All kinds of groups matter. Do Christians matter? Something I've wondered about many times. Everybody has a group. I would say to you that in fact, yes, Christians matter. I would say to you today that you matter. We are here because we have the opportunities we have because God thinks that we matter. Today I want you to know and I want us all to understand that every one of us matters. We are important. We are special. And God wants us to know that too. But I want you to know that when Paul wrote this letter to 1 Corinthians... He was writing to a group of people who were arguing over that. They were arguing over the idea who matters most. Some of you say, I am of Paul and I am of Apollos. I am Cephas and I am of Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. These people were... Fighting over who matters and who matters most. Paul would tell them at the end of chapter 1, those of you who glory, glory in the Lord. He said in chapter 3, I could not come to you as spiritual, but rather as carnal, as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are not able, because you are carnal. For where there is envying and strife and division, you are carnal and not spiritual. For one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? This whole idea of trying to decide who matters most is a carnal idea. It is something that does not come from God. God says all people matter. And his people, his children matter to him just like in a physical sense our children matter to us. Today, you matter. In the text before us of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there are three things that Paul tells us as to why we matter. Notice with me, if you will, these three ideas. Number one, you matter because you are the temple of God. When you see these verses, sometimes we get them out of context. And we think of them in a way that it seems the context is not 
primarily teaching. This is not, these are not verses about individuality, the, the individual person. You are individually the temple of God and you have the spirit and you are holy. He's saying you are the temple of God. These verses are not about individuality. There is a text where he talks about that in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 21. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In that passage, he's talking about each one of us as individuals. But in this passage, he is talking about we are his people. We are the church. And as the church, we are the temple of God. And I don't know if you've thought about these things before. I really had not considered them deeply. Think with me for a minute. We talk often about each one of us is a temple of God. We talk about how we should not mistreat the bodies that God has given us. We should take care of ourselves. One of the things that we're doing today is based on that idea that we are taking care of ourselves and we're taking care of each other in a physical sense, the physical body. And so we are talking about that. But that's not what this passage is about. It's about the church. We as the church are the temple of God. The word temple is a word that means a dwelling place for God. God is in His church. Now Paul describes the idea of what it means to be a temple of God. He says, first of all, in chapter 1, that God has called you into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. To be the temple of God means that we have been called into a fellowship together. We are together a fellowship. There are those here today who are not members of this local congregation. They come from other places. Doesn't matter. We're all in this fellowship together. We are all children of God. And we all in this fellowship have a connection together. We are united. We are connected because we are called into the fellowship. If the temple of God is the dwelling place of God, then our fellowship is based on the idea that God is here. And because God is here, we have fellowship one with another. We are then called into this fellowship. Number two, he says in verse 10, this fellowship puts us in unity together, or at least it should. He said in verse 10, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. God said through Paul, I want you people to get together. These people were fighting each other. 
I was baptized here and I was baptized here and I, I must be better. Paul said, wait a minute, you can't be having those conversations. You can't be doing that. We could not have these things about who's better or who's most important. We're all in this unity of fellowship together. And because we are unfellowship as the temple of God, where God dwells, then we ought to be in unity. Unity means we all move forward together. It certainly does not mean we all have the exact same thoughts, but we all move forward together once again. We can see this here in this situation. I must admit, I think we've overblown it. That's just me. I'm not concerned. I have no concern. But in unity, those of us who have little concern work with those who are torn all to pieces. And we move forward together. Now that's what unity is. We don't have complaining and griping and being upset. We don't have people rebelling. No, no, no. We decide to work together. And those who are really concerned probably have some ideas of other things we ought to be doing. But they have come back like we have come together. And in unity, we work together because we are the temple of God. And as the temple of God, we have something that we are to do and to be because God is here. We also, as the temple of God, not only do we have this opportunity to find unity together, we also have this opportunity, according to the text, to be involved together with God and with each other. This is the message that Paul is preaching in this context. Notice, it began at baptism. What were they talking about? I was baptized by Paul. I was baptized by Cephas. I was baptized by Peter. Paul went on to say, I'm actually glad I didn't baptize very many of you. If this is how you're going to talk, if this is how you're going to do, I, I don't even care about that. Oh, wait a minute, I did baptize the household of Stephanus. I used to think that's pretty funny. Paul couldn't remember who he baptized. But then again, I don't either. I don't either because it's not important. I, I had an eldership one time who wanted to know how many people I'd baptized. I said, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't keep a notch on my belt every time one is done. I just don't know. There are some, certainly, that I remember. But Paul said, not that he had not baptized anybody or wasn't excited that he did, but rather he said it doesn't matter as it compares to the concept of baptism. It doesn't matter who does the baptizing. This is where it begins. It begins in this idea. We have been immersed together. We are called into this time. We are called into this fellowship. We are called into the fellowship of the temple of God. You matter. 
Because if you are a baptized believer in unity with the family of God, walking together with others who are in the family of God, Paul says, in that way you matter. Number two, you matter because you house the Spirit of God. I like the song that we sing sometimes when we gather together. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. They might not could have sung that in Corinth. They had forgotten that as the temple of God, the spirit of God lived in that temple, lived among them. They may have had some Jewish people there who could tell them through their history and they could read about it as God wrote it about the temple of the Old Testament. They could see that God was there. For a cloud stood over that tabernacle in the wilderness and that was God resting in and on His temple and the high priest would enter once a year to that most holy place and meet God there. The temple of God and the Spirit of God go together. And we house the Spirit of God within us. And like the song says, there's a sweet spirit here. We should maintain the Spirit that is here if the Spirit of God is here, then there's a certain way we ought to live and act, right? Because of the Spirit of God. Notice some things that Paul says about the Spirit of God. Number one, because of the Spirit of God, we have the message of God. Verse 18, Paul said, God did not send me to baptize, but rather to preach the message of the gospel. Paul wanted them to hear the message of the gospel. That's where in the fellowship of the Spirit lies. It's in the gospel, the gospel message, the Word of God. He had a message for them. If the Spirit of God is here, then through that Spirit we have a message for each other and a message for the world. It is important for us to understand that the Spirit was God's messenger to bring His Word. And if that's the case, then the Spirit of God is speaking through us with His Word to those who need to hear it. We have the message of God. Number two, we have the wisdom of God. Look at verses uh, 19 and down. He talks about a number of things concerning the wisdom of God. Verse 21, in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who were lost. In wisdom, people did not know God. Well, now, wait a minute. I thought I remembered Romans 1 where Paul said people saw God in nature and they saw his deity and his Godhead. Did they not know God? Well, what he's saying is this. There is the wisdom of God in nature. Then there's the wisdom of man in the world. 
The wisdom of God in nature can bring people to him, but the wisdom that's of the world doesn't bring people to God. In fact, it takes them away from God. We are the depository of the wisdom of God. God put the wisdom that he has in his church. Notice again the importance of the collective. I hear particularly Joe say all the time, it is far better to hear five or six people talking than one. Because you get to think about things and you get input and you know that you come to a better decision. When we all are involved together, there is a collective power that brings wisdom from God. We need to hear from every single one and put all of that together to find the wisdom of God. Because in his church, God has placed his wisdom. God wants us to know, verse 12 of chapter 2, we have the gifts of God. He's given us the Spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by the Spirit. God's Spirit is in this place, and the gifts of God's Spirit are right here. In His church, the gifts that the Spirit offers are right here. Everything the Spirit offers is congregationally met because we want to be a church that shows the Spirit, lives like the Spirit, looks like the Spirit. And that's what happens when we matter because the Spirit of God is here. We house the Spirit of God, number three, you are holy, therefore you matter. The church is holy. Jesus died for it. Look at chapter 1 and verse number 2. He wrote to the church and he said, Those of you who are sanctified and called to be saints, we are sanctified. We're holy. The church is holy. Jesus gave his blood for the church. Jesus gave his life for the church. It is distressing to hear of people who claim to love Jesus but don't need his church who claim that they can have a relationship with Jesus without being a part of his church. That is just as senseless as saying, I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus' head, but not with his body. He is the head of the church. And we are holy because we've been called into this fellowship. And notice what else he says. We have been called to call on Jesus. This holiness set aside. It cost Jesus everything. Therefore, it is very important. But not only are we sanctified, 
we are enriched. We are holy because we are enriched. The word literally means great treasures, overflowing riches. We are people who have been enriched as holy people. We're better as holy people than we were as unholy people. And as a church that lives and acts the way that God would have it to do, that is a rich congregation, a rich group of people who are serving the Lord. Today, you matter. You matter because we are the temple of God. We house the Spirit of God, and we are holy. Notice the interaction between you and we. Guess what? You matter because we matter. And I want every one of us to be positively affected by the idea that says you matter. Now, if you want to get the other side of the story, guess what? You don't matter. You really don't. We're going to talk about that tonight. That's not meant to take away from the concept of what we're saying here. But it is meant to say in priority, you don't matter. Paul said, it's not me. It's not Apollos. It's God. As it relates to God, we matter because we're his children. But in comparison to God, we don't matter. But I know this. Because of his church, we matter. You matter because we matter. God is concerned about you. He's concerned about me. He wants you and me to be saved. He wants us to be in a saved relationship with him. There may be some who are not his children today. You can be immersed into Christ, brought into this fellowship, brought into this temple and this spirit and this holiness. You can be faithful again. If you need us in any way, and if we have many, of course, who are not here today, and, but many who are listening in by way of our live stream, if we need to help you in some way, will you reach out and let us know how we can help you to matter more as you make yourself what God wants you to be? Can we help you today? Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.